0: Welcome to Ike's Flame. Join us on another Star Wars adventure. Punch it, Chewie. Hey you Ike here and my little puppy friend, um, our my wife and I's dog, uh, again. And welcome back for part two of our interview with Andy. And I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you guys get a lot out of it. Um, and I hope you guys respect and understand where we're coming from. And I hope we respect you guys, um, as we continue this conversation about spirituality and star Wars. So listen in and I hope you guys enjoy the second part of this interview with Andy.
1: I for one, literally any interest I have in philosophy, psychology, um comparative religion and so on is purely because of star wars so i owe it a huge debt of gratitude for that i think also it does another thing that's extremely important and that's to say that you can read all the books in the world Mm. you can have the most insightful understanding of the wisdom that's in these books yeah you can even meditate 12 hours a day But if, you're, if it's not having a visceral impact on your personality, on your life, on your ethics, mm. then it's kind of, there's no point. There has to be a follow through into the way it affects your real life. And I think the whole concept of having Jedi in Star Wars, who for sure are fallible and have human qualities of fallibility, um, do try and put what they learn and put what they know and put Mm. what they feel there's a lot of reflection on feelings like don't entirely trust your senses Mm. they're helpful but actually you've got to have all these inputs of information be it emotion be it knowledge Mm. be it research Mm. be it your senses and so on yeah yeah and to kind of get out of the way of yourself The, the whole point of feeling force I think has got very close correlations with the relatively new science of flow of flow research Mm. Um, there's a lot of um, research in the psychology literature now about how and why people enter into flow states so for Mm. anyone that isn't aware a flow state is something you will have experienced without even necessarily knowing it or knowing what it was called you know if you're playing sport or playing music even reading a book, even watching a movie, doing any activity where your skill set is just being stretched to the challenge Mm. that is being set you, you get the similar kind of um, experiences again. So all your problems evaporate. Mm. You you don't have time to think about your problems. You don't really think of yourself as a self.
0: Mm. It
1: also can feel like you're not really doing it yourself it is happening there is a happening of which what was you is involved yeah and you speak to any sports person after they've just done some tremendous thing and they'll be like okay that was great i wasn't i don't quite know what happened
0: yeah it's like a almost instinctual like what we go into this mode of we rely on instincts um and what what we know and what like kind of that um, that sort of thing is, is is that kind of is that what you're kind of getting at with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And okay. um, th- there's definitely a line in one of the movies where I think Obi Wan tells Luke to act on instinct. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's exactly right. What I'd um, just clarify is that instinct is obviously innate. Yeah. But it is something that can be trained. Mm, so it's not just something you're born with um and i'd say exactly the same thing for what we might call conscience
0: Mm.
1: like everyone has one to a greater or lesser extent but the conscience can also be trained Mm. so there's a physical aspect there's an emotional aspect there's a mental aspect um and i'm not a dualist so all of those are aspects of one fundamental similar thing Yeah. yeah um but yeah, training and discipline and all of those things—it's—it's uh, it's no joke. If you—if you want to be, if you want to have agency in the world in a way that you want to be agentic, then yeah, all of those parts of the puzzle have to be in place. And the good news is, as you were saying, some of these wisdom texts are thousands of years old, but I still have quite a scientific kind of twenty-first century. Yeah hat on as well and so much of the science now is beginning to come into line whether that's um like the impact of meditation whether it is um, encouraging ways in which to fall into flow states so it doesn't just have to be when you're nailing a guitar piece that you know yeah, or yeah. You hit a great tennis shot or whatever it is you can literally trigger yourself to fall into those states Mm. just slicing a tomato or sitting in a traffic jam. Mm. So that's almost where the real skill um, is with that. I'd say also just, without wanting to get too technical on the philosophy side, a lot of the metaphysics and a lot of people kind of confuse mysticism with metaphysics. Mm. Metaphysics isn't something mystical, metaphysics is basically the discussion in philosophy about what is fu- what is most fundamental. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, we've lived in a physicalist or materialist paradigm now for 200-300 years, and with very good reason. When Giordano Bruno was burned at the stake in the 1600, um, it's because he was saying things that the church didn't like. Yeah. So, the um, fledgling scientific community said, collectively, right, church, you can keep soul and spirit and mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're just going to deal with this physical stuff and try and work yeah. out what's going on there.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, we made tremendous progress over 200, 300 years doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean to say that's metaphysically true. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean to say the world is made of matter, it's a bit like saying trees are made of wood, Mm. it's kind of nonsensical, Yeah. and for those viewers of yours who are keen to sort of delve into that side of things more deeply, there are two guys who I would really strongly recommend um, doing some research on, and they're all over YouTube and podcasting and so on, one of whom is Professor Douglas Hoffman, who's a cognitive neuroscientist, who's written a great book called The Case Against Reality. Mm. Um, And the other would be Bernardo Kastrup, who is a Dutch researcher, super bright, and he's developed a philosophy called analytic idealism. So this Mm. is basically saying that they they come from different angles. But the bottom line is this world of matter that we spend so much time kind of worrying about and getting bogged Mm -hmm. down is less fundamental than the what has been known in the past as a soul or spirit, and what scientists would now call consciousness. Yeah. Um, so, even the hard nosed scientific side of things is kind of coming in the direction of what we might call the force being mm-hmm. fundamental. And it, yeah. it's not necessarily the same as God or as consciousness, but everyone's tried to point at the moon here. Yeah and everyone stared at the fingers pointing at the moon. Mm. And we're now in a wonderful position to step back and say, okay, we can see the fingers pointing at the moon. Let's actually have a look at the moon now and, and see what that is.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. And that that is interesting because it's this, um, I mean, it's a, uh, <clears throat> I, I think of it as a holistic approach to who we are as humans, as we're not just physical, we are, um we we're spiritual we're emotional we're um and i mean other things you can throw in there as well but we have we we're starting to have this in our modern world we're starting to have more of a holistic approach to who we are um and i think as as we talk about star wars i think star wars helps us to have more of this focus more on the uh the the soul or the spiritual or the emotional um, side of things um, and have a holistic approach um, and I wonder too if that and that was interesting you mentioned like really the past two or three hundred years we were really in this um, unless you were in a religious uh, in, in some sort of religion or in church or whatever that is like you you were very focused I mean and even for those who were religious, there's a, a focus on the physical. And so I wonder if Star Wars came along in a time where, hey, like, we were so focused on the spirit or on the physical that like this spiritual emotional side of things really intrigued people um, with the force. And so I, that that's a very interesting, like, Star Wars came into a society in a culture and when in a time when people were Focused on the physical, and so then it it intrigued people in a way that um, they may have not have thought about before, or in a different um, aspect. Well, certainly for
1: my generation and your generation, I think that's definitely true. Um, you know, it's it's kind of not coincidental that the 1980s are mm. known as possibly being the most materialistic decade in Western society. Yeah for the whole of history so those things are coincidental but interestingly it's actually one of the fundamental taoist ideas Mm. is that when you hit one extreme at one end of the spectrum Mm, yeah that contains the seed of its opposite yeah so everything is fluctuating shrinking or growing and Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't. it would be tough to argue that, it, that it's solely down to Star Wars or whatever, but I think Star Wars was definitely symptomatic of a necessity for a, a, mm. a, a switch back away yeah. from that really yeah. quite hardcore pure materialism.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it is, is a piece of that in the bigger picture, and um, especially when it comes to um, entertainment um, and that side of things, looking at it uh, from, mm. like, an entertainment perspective um as also with the psychology and science and all that behind it of the material to more of a spiritual side of that Um, yeah definitely that's awesome um man um i love like this conversation you're getting my mind going um and thinking (laughs) some uh and, and i i've enjoyed this so much um so kind of transition a little bit in more directly the religious re, the religious route um and like i said you share as much as you want like personally for you um when you think of star wars you think of religion um and uh where you're at with religion um like what what is that connection for you is there a connection and um, i know all this goes into the philosophy behind it like we've been talking about what what does that uh religion piece look like for you yeah, I've always had a,
1: um, a slightly challenged relationship with the notion of religion, mm. not with religion itself, but the notion of it. Yeah. Um, so. First of all, I firmly believe that it's possible for each individual person to have a direct, unmediated connection to whatever the absolute is mm. that yeah. people might call God, I might call the force. So yeah. someone else might call Brahman, someone else yeah. would call Buddha nature. We're all talking about the same fundamental thing. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, in institutionalized religion, often just through power dynamics, it wasn't a theologian who came up with this idea of inserting layers of priesthood or
0: mm.
1: money you have to pay. Even I mean, yeah. it's so crazy. It's like God isn't poor. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't need your money. <laughs> yeah. Is the, the church does, perhaps, or the temple does. Um, so I've always had a slightly strained relationship mm. um, with that side of it. But for all the mystical traditions, be they the Catholic mystics and the old Christian mystics, the Gnostics, mm. um, the Sufis of Islam. Mm. Um, so in the sort of Middle Eastern slash Western, well, the Abrahamic faith. It's the same with Judaism uh, uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's interesting is that the knowledge that you can have a direct communion with the totality Mm. became esoteric in the Abrahamic faiths. Yeah. Whereas in the East, whether that was Taoism, Hinduism or Buddhism, which um, Adam Watts, to refer to him again, described as Hinduism for export, which is Mm. kind of an interesting way of looking at it. That knowledge became exoteric. It was just what people accepted. Yeah. To the extent that in India, when you say hello to someone, you say namaste. And namaste literally means I see the Godhead in you. Mm. That's just like day to day hi. Yeah. So um, basically, I'm very open to all religious interpretation, irrespective of denomination or who, who it was that had the initial revelation, mm. whether it was yeah. Buddha or Jesus or... Muhammad, or mm-hmm. whoever it was, yeah. they were all having a fundamentally very similar um, and groundbreaking, earth shattering experience, which then people turned into different, slightly different directions, but so much similarity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, that's where I stand with it. Um, my personal sort of favorites remain Taoism. I'm still very mm-hmm. yeah. keen on that but perhaps more from the western tradition i think the quakers are phenomenal Mm, and they have an unbelievable track record about anti-slavery about equality Mm. between the sexes Um, they have they have no priesthood there's no clergy Mm. um and their ceremonies are effectively silent Mm. you know there's a bit at the end of meeting where people can can feel well. Literally, they call it the inner their inner light. Mm-hmm. They they yeah. become almost sort of forced to speak, or not forced to speak, but they feel a necessity to speak, or that something's mm. going to speak through them. Yeah, that's not far off for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, there are wonderful um, things you can kind of be influenced by and encouraged by. I think in in, in almost all religions, whether, you know, I've got a lot of, I've got a soft spot for Zen. Mm. Um, I mentioned the Sufis of Islam, mm, yeah. um, who are, I I mean, you read Rumi and it, it, it's just mind-blowing, or Kabir, you yeah. know, those Islamic saints. It, it, the insight and the, the burning love that you feel coming through in their writing. Um, I won't get too sort of political or anything, but it's such a shame that Islam in the last hundred years or so has been presented to us who are not Muslims Mm. in the sort of Wahhabist interpretation, which is super recent. And Mm. I hope and pray that that dwindles and we can get kind of increased Sufi influence on the Islam world. I think that would be great. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And I I, uh, and I and think, like, as you talk about all those, it's like you definitely see that connection back to Star Wars and how we do that. And um, uh, definitely the Quakers, like, I have friends who are Quakers, so I, I definitely connect with that. Um, and I think, like, one thing I and, – and kind of a theme I picked up as we've kind of talked today, and I think I just want to highlight is, and you've mentioned, is the fact that, like, there's so many similarities, um, within different religions, within different philosophy, philosophical thought. And, um, I think for me as I'm a Christian, um, I am in the, uh, currently in the Nazarene denomination and, um, and, and, and am very committed there and, uh, a part of that, and even a part of the leadership in that church. But for me, it's i think sometimes i i love conversations like this because there's so much more we have in common than we have different um absolutely and we make such a divide between religions or uh political things or whatever that is uh for your context where you're at and there's so many similarities and things we can talk about we can discuss and we can understand and i think it goes back to the fact that we're all humans uh we all have um we all have emotions we all understand maybe some sort of a spiritual pull regardless of what how that manifests for each of us um and i think just that uh that sense and i I have my personal beliefs and I have those beliefs but I can also respect those of others and see how similarities and we have conversations and we can have um may I say polite debates on um yeah, yeah. Who, who's right who's wrong or if all of us are right or all of us are wrong and so it's but it's funny
1: um, I was going to say something similar I think yeah. I think it's actually both I firmly believe that particularly in all of what used to be called, this sounds wrong to say it now, all the higher religions, Mm. they're all on give or take the right track, whether they've been deviated from that track by personalities or culture is Mm -hmm. another matter entirely. But if you go back to the foundational teachings, there is such a similarity there. And it's very clear um, that you can reach communion with the absolute or the force Mm. as i would call it yeah yeah um by any number of different routes that it's not just like one track yeah um that's yeah you have to be open i think to to all the different sorts
0: definitely yeah and i mean for me and my personal belief and as a christian and as i believe i believe there is um one way to god um and that that's that's part of my beliefs but at the same time i don't want to disrespect others in the sense of like hey you have that you have that belief and you have that and also the fact that like we talked about there's similarities there's um things to that and so like i think it's the understanding we can have those personal beliefs but still not well you're not wrong exile others
1: yeah yeah you're you're not wrong you do have one way yeah. to God. Yeah. And that may well be through the personhood of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. And that is your way. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with you having a very, very firm faith in it. Or even you could say a knowledge mm. that that is yeah. your way. Yeah. Um, so I think it's possible from the perspective we're both coming at to mm-hmm. hold, hold these things together. Yeah. Like they're not actually opposing views. Hmm. The language can generate opposition. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah no, I, I hear
0: you, I hear you loud and clear on that eyes. Well. Yeah. So and and I love to be able to have conversations like this and um have conversations that are respectful that allows everybody to think and all that and so i've really enjoyed this conversation today with you uh andy and uh you've got me thinking about certain things and like that maybe i want to go research more um and so as we end i kind of want to end on this note of like with all this said we've talked about a lot of things we've used a lot of big words um and uh dived in a lot of different areas i think there's a um Going back to this idea of spirituality in Star Wars, or philosophy in Star Wars, there's how it was created. We all have this natural pull because of how humans operate, how we, um, the need and necessities that we have within us, that Star Wars is something that I think pulls at our heartstrings, pulls at who we are as humans. And uh, I think you have done a great job today at kind of expressing that and helping um, I know me and I think others understand like what that looks like um so thanks for coming on and I really appreciate uh my conversation and uh chatting about this
1: yeah no I really appreciate the opportunity Isaac thank you very much for the uh invitation I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation as well and um you know you mentioned about um us being human beings but spiritual beings there was um a french philosopher called Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, who said we're not human beings having a spiritual experience we're spiritual beings having a human experience yeah and as soon as i read that i was like this dude is, sounds just like yoda when he says <laughs> yeah luminous beings yeah are we. Yeah. You know, so we should all remember luminous beings are we yep
0: yep not the crude matter right exactly exactly yeah yeah definitely that's a great way i think to end our conversation today so thanks for coming on um this was super awesome um we'll make sure uh for you guys listening i'll get all of uh andy's uh uh, stuff in the um description youtube and instagram and all that and you go check him out um but yeah so yeah thanks for coming on uh this has been a great great conversation
1: no i appreciate that
0: isaac and if you ever want to do it again just give me a shout we might do that so for you guys (laughs) listening uh we might uh uh bring andy back on because i i think we, we uh we talked for about 45 minutes i'm pretty sure we i i was sitting here thinking I'm like man i could talk for another couple hours i think oh yeah, yeah we, we just in scratched the, we just dive into all this but that, but that, so, yeah that's that, super awesome it's so, the right way to start so. yep definitely awesome thank you sir and uh i hope you have a great day and a great weekend you too thanks yep bye Hey, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed the second part of the interview and this interview as a whole. And um, just the aspects of spirituality. I hope this is something we can dig into more as a group here on Ice Slam, on this community. Um, And there's a lot of uh, spiritual, religious things with Star Wars um, that don't get talked about. And I think um, I found it just interesting even where George Lucas found Uh, founded some of these ideas off of um, and so uh, I just uh, think it's going to be I just think it's interesting so I hope you guys enjoyed this interview and we might try to dive into some of this more in the future so hope you guys enjoyed all this and have a great week and light the fire